Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out the Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Heal our family. How y'all feeling tonight? By doing all right? That was amazing as usual, band. Thank you for leading us so strong tonight. And uh, family, man, it's so good to see y'all again. I'm super excited uh, for tonight. And once again, if we've never met, my name is Matt and I get to lead the living room here at Buckhead Church. And uh, really looking forward to where we're going uh, tonight, to where I'm, I'm going in this talk. But before we dive in, I just kinda wanna quick pause for just a second and let you know, give you a little snapshot, a little preview for what's coming next Monday at TLR. Because I believe that every Monday at the living room is special and incredible and God has already done so many amazing things throughout this semester at the living room. And I think there's so much more in store, so much more to come. But uh, next Monday is gonna be really, really special. Because next Monday, we're, we're gonna be in part three of, of this series that we're in called Alcatraz. And my good friend, Samra Massad, is gonna be coming to speak. Samra leads the living room at Woodstock City Church. You may not even know this, but we have some other campuses. And uh, the living room meets at Woodstock City Church, primarily reaches Kennesaw State students. And Samra's gonna be coming down uh, to speak next week. And I'm telling you, he has a message for you. Like, it is so powerful. You're going to be so impacted by this message. Part three of this series is one that you do not want to miss. I'm just telling you that, just giving you a fair warning. So tune in next week. It's a great week to invite someone to watch with you as well. But not only that, we're going to have some great worship, all the usual, but we're also going to get to see two people from the TLR family take their next step in their faith in Jesus through baptism. And listen, baptism nights at TLR are always a massive celebration. So man, I'm so excited for next Monday, September 28th. YouTube Live, same time, same place, 8 p.m. But listen, you do not want to miss it. And I just wanted to make sure that I gave you that heads up, that preview for what's coming up next week. It's going to be so incredible. But hey, back to tonight. Um, tonight, we're diving back into part two of this series that we kicked off last week called Alcatraz. And the series title, Alcatraz, uh, came straight from uh, the name of the infamous U.S. prison, uh, which is Alcatraz. Alcatraz is a, or was a high-security max prison uh, for the worst of the worst criminals, for the people that they deemed um, had no hope for rehabilitation. And Alcatraz is a prison that's located on Alcatraz Island, uh, just off the coast of San Francisco in the San Francisco Bay, about a mile and a half off the coast. And um, it was a prison that was deemed to be escape-proof. They said that this prison, Alcatraz, was inescapable because even if you got past the walls of the prison, you then had to get past the water, the rough waters of the San Francisco Bay that had an incredibly strong current pulling you out into the Pacific Ocean. And so last week, the question we asked as we dove into this series, Alcatraz, was what in your life have you deemed inescapable? Because we have things in our life that no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we fight, it just seems like we cannot break free from these things. We feel so entangled to these things, so trapped that they feel like they're inescapable. And what we talked about last week is that you can live a full life because Christ has set you free. We talked about that the freedom or the fullness of life is found in the freedom 
of Christ. So whatever it is in your life that feels like your own personal Alcatraz, whatever might feel inescapable, it's actually not because Jesus has set you free. And because of that, he wants you to live a full life. And we looked at the verse in Galatians, the apostle Paul was writing to the Galatians and in Galatians chapter five, verse one, he writes, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And then he goes on and he gives a really strong calling to stand firm. He says, stand firm. And that, that phrase stand firm literally means to be firmly committed in conviction or belief, to be firmly committed in conviction or belief. And here's what I I know to be true, or at least I think I know this to be true about most of you, it's true about myself oftentimes, is that oftentimes in life, I, I'm committed to standing firm because I, I wanna experience the full life that, that Jesus has for me. Like, yeah, 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 I wanna stand firm on Jesus, on that foundation, because I wanna experience all that God has for me. Like, I don't wanna miss out. I want God's favor, God's blessings on my life. So I wanna stand firm on Jesus. But the problem oftentimes is for myself, and maybe for you as well, is that while I wanna stand firm on Jesus so that I can experience what he has to offer, I don't necessarily wanna be committed to walking in the life that is required. Like, yeah, I wanna receive all the blessings, but I don't necessarily wanna be committed to doing the work, to walking in his direction, because I'd rather just go my own way. The great philosopher Dallas Willard, he, he wrote this, and check this out. He says, the general human failing is to want what is right and important, but at the same time, not to commit to the kind of life that will produce the action we know is right and the condition that we want to enjoy. So essentially what he's saying is, hey, we all kind of have this, this natural tendency to want certain things in life, but then not be committed to doing the things that are gonna bring about what we actually want in life, right? And come on, this happens all the time in our life. Like maybe for you, it's, it's that you, you've been wanting for a while now to get in better shape, you know? Like maybe you wanna get stronger, you wanna get in better cardio shape, whatever it might be, but you're not committed to going to the gym. Like, personally, I feel like I've been donating to the gym for a really, really long time. Like for the majority of my life, I've been donating to the gym. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean like I've been paying my monthly gym fees, but I, I never go to the gym, you know? So I've just been donating. I've just been giving them my money. Just last month, I was like, this is so silly. Like it's COVID. I don't even think the gym's open. Like I'm just gonna cancel my membership. I, I'm the type of person, uh, I wasn't gonna say this, but I'm just gonna be honest, moment of confession here. I'm the type of person that like, I won't go to the gym for three or four months or longer. And like, I'll show up finally after a few months and I'll go and I'll, like, I'll get a good workout in for like 45 minutes, which I know that's not a good workout. Those of you who actually work out like consistently, you're like, bro, I go like 90 minutes. Like that's the minimum. I get it. Like just lay off. Okay. But like I go for like 45 minutes and I'm feeling good, you know, doing like all the, I'm like up here doing work. Like what am I doing? I'm like, you know, doing all these lifts though. And I come home and I'm like, yo, Ann, like Ann's my wife. You didn't know. I'm like, Ann, like, you know, I feel good. Like, I think I'm, I know this sounds crazy, but like I'm seeing results, yo, like for real. Like, I don't think I need to go back for a couple more weeks. Like, I'm good. I'm too sore to even go back. You know, that's, that's just me. Anyways, that has absolutely nothing to do with really what we're talking to you about tonight. But back on topic, uh, maybe for you, it's not getting in better shape, but maybe for you, like you want your dating life to be different. Like you want your relationships to be different, but yet you keep dating that same guy. You keep dating that same girl. And you know that's not the type of person that you need to be with if you want your relationships to get better, if you want your relationships to become more healthy. Maybe for you, it's, it's that you want your grades to be better. Like you wanna improve, you wanna make better grades, but yet 
you can't find the energy to go to class and you're definitely not developing the study habits that you need to be developing. And so you start to think, man, I, I just, I don't know if I can do this. Like we even want our faith to be different, right? Like we want our faith to be different. We don't wanna be trapped and entangled by these things in life, whether it's our past or whether it's our secrets or whether it's our critics, like voices we can't keep listening to. We just are constantly striving for people's approval. We don't want to be trapped to those things. We don't want those things to feel like our own personal Alcatraz, but we just can't take a step out of that. We can't find a way to, to be committed to walking in the life that God has for us. Like we wanna step into the fullness of life that Jesus has for us, but we're not committed to the kind of life that will lead to it. We want the life that Jesus has for us. We want that fullness of life, but yet we're not committed to walking down that path, to walking and living out the type of life that is gonna bring about the fullness that Jesus offers. Our pastor, Andy Stanley, he, he said this quote a few years ago. I heard this, first heard this when I was in college or maybe right out of college, and, and this is what he said. He said that your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. Your direction, not your intention, will ultimately determine your destination, where you end up in life, where you find yourself. And I think that's so true. Like tonight, I don't necessarily think that you just need new or better intentions. Like, I don't think you just need more specific goals for your life necessarily, although that may not be a bad thing, but I don't think that's ultimately what you need. I don't think you just need better intentions. No, I think you need a new direction, a new direction. I think to be committed to, to living out the full life that God has for you, you're going to have to be committed to a life of repentance. And that's actually what I wanna to talk to you about tonight. I wanna to talk to you about the topic of repentance. And now I realize that just saying that word for some of you, you're like, ooh, like repentance. Like that, that, word's, that word's gross, you know? Like I, don't, I, don't, I kinda of run from that because when you hear the word repentance, like you immediately think about negative things maybe. And, and I, I, I don't blame you because I think that that word in many ways has been hijacked and weaponized by religious people in our, in our country for a long, long time. And, and they've tried to use it to, to condemn you and to unfairly judge you. In fact, maybe when you think about this word repentance, maybe one of the first things, if not the first thing that comes to mind for you is you think about that guy on the street corner holding up a sign saying, hey, repent, 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 or you'll go to hell. And you're like, whoa, like I don't want any part of that. That doesn't feel very loving. Like, that's not what I want. Like, no, repentance, I'm, I'm out, you know? Like, that's not a good word, Matt. Why are we talking about this? Well, here's what I wanna do over the next few minutes that we have left together tonight is I wanna lean in and, and I wanna hopefully reframe and redefine this word for you. Because I actually firmly believe that repentance is a gift from God. In fact, the first thing I want you to know about repentance is I want you to know what it means. This is the definition of the word repentance. This is what it means. Repentance means to change your mind, to turn around and change your direction. That's what repentance means. It means to change your mind, to turn around and go in a new direction. And here's the thing that I know about repentance. When you repent, it means you're changing your mind. And when you change your mind, you will naturally change your direction. 
In order to change your direction, you're gonna have to change your mind. And tonight, I kind of want you to think of it this way. I want you to think about making U-turns. I, I don't know if, 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 if all of you drive. Um, I'm sure most of you do, or you're in cars or vehicles a lot. And I don't know if you're a good driver or not. Like, I'm not a great driver. I'm an okay driver. My wife would say uh, I'm a very below average driver. I just like to say, like, I just sometimes struggle with directions, you know? And when I, when I don't really know where I'm going, I get flustered, you know, and I get thrown off, especially when I moved to Atlanta. It's a big city, you know, like new streets. And I, would, I was downtown a lot. And come on, driving downtown is just, it's difficult. And so I was like constantly like being like, yo, where am I going? And then I'd be like, oh, not going the right Right way, you know, and like make a U-turn. And I, I still to this day, I make quite a few U-turns. Like it's, I made a U-turn earlier this morning, you know, I'm pretty good at it. Like it, you should come with me sometime. I'm like, oh, you know, I can make a U-turn when there's like not even space to make any type of turn. Anyways, um, so I want you to think about making a U-turn. Like imagine that you're on your way to the gym and you're walking to the gym and you're like, I'm not really feeling this. Yeah, I don't wanna go. And so you just make a U-turn and you change your mind and in turn, change your direction. In fact, if you're taking notes tonight, I want you to know the title of my message is Make a U-Turn. Make a U-Turn. Because that's what repentance looks like. Repentance is literally you changing your mind and when you change your mind, you can turn around and change your direction, begin walking in a new way. And here's the thing. When you turn from something, you turn towards something else. Just naturally, when you turn away from something, you are naturally turning towards something else. And here's what I know to be true about most of us tuning in, is that when you turn from something, a lot of us, we try turning, we try turning towards things in life that we feel like can satisfy. Like maybe you're like, no, I've made U-turns before. Like I get it now, like I, I repent a lot. But what we do is we try repenting and, and, and making sure that we're still in control. Like we turn from whatever it is, from our pride, from our anger, from whatever it is. And we try to turn towards like success or towards a relationship or towards whatever it might be, entertainment, towards uh, sports, towards that thing we watch, towards that bad habit. We turn toward, from something towards something else and oftentimes the thing we turn towards is not good. It's something that we turn towards and maybe it fills us up for a moment but it doesn't last very long. It always leads you wanting something more which is why tonight I am just gonna suggest to you that whatever it is we're turning from, that the thing we're turning towards, I'm gonna propose, I believe it has to be Jesus because he's the only one that's gonna fill you up. He's the only one that's gonna fully satisfy, not just in the moment, but for the rest of your life. The next thing I want you to know about repentance is that repentance is a one-time event and a lifelong process. Like yes, repentance is a one-time event. Like when you turn from your sins towards God, towards Jesus, like that's a one-time event. You're now saved from your sins. You're now uh, have eternal life with Jesus forever in heaven when you die. But it's also a lifelong process because after you repent one time and you turn away from your sins and you turn towards Jesus and surrender your life to him, that's not the end of it. 
Like, no, no, no. The sign of a growing, mature Christian, someone who's moving forward in their faith, is a person who is consistently changing their mind, consistently repenting, consistently turning and going in a new direction, saying, oh, I used to believe this. I used to have that way of thinking. You know what? That wasn't right. I need to turn. I need to go in a new direction. And so let me just ask you this tonight. Come on, let's be real for a second. What is it that you need to repent of? Maybe for you it's, it's anger, maybe it's envy, maybe it's greed, maybe it's pride, maybe it's a bad habit, things that you've been doing or saying. And here's the reality, we don't want this stuff in our lives, right? Like no one would say like, oh man, but here's the thing, I love my anger. I, I love that I'm so greedy. Like I love that I keep saying those things that hurt other people. No, we don't want this stuff in our life. And oftentimes we can identify it pretty easily, but yet when we think about turning away from it, when we think about moving in a different direction, we oftentimes think, ooh, that's gonna be tough. Why? Why is that so difficult to do? Like why is it that even when we identify whatever it is that we need to repent from, whatever it is that we need to turn away from in our life, why is it that it seems so hard to do it we're just like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, maybe later, uh, are you sure? Uh, no, we justify it, we're like, we're, we're good, we're good, we're good. I think there's a few reasons, really three main reasons that I could think of as to why it's so difficult oftentimes to, to repent, to turn and go in a new direction. And the first reason is this, is that we don't see as God sees. We don't always see as, as God sees. How many of you watch, watch sports? Any, we got any sports fans uh, tuned in tonight? Let me know in the chat if you're a sports fan. Okay, if you're a Falcons fan, I'm, I'm so sorry. I really am. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't really even know what to say to you. I'm just, I'm sorry. My condolences. But um, if you ever watch football specifically, uh, at any level really, uh, I guess high school and up, what you'll see is when the quarterback comes off the field, almost always he'll first run over and he'll pick up like the phone and he'll go talk. And I remember when I was young, I was like, yo, who's he talking to? Like, tell him to stay focused in the game. He doesn't need to be calling his girl, you know? But, but, but I quickly realized that like, no, no, no. He's calling to the coach that's sitting up in the booth because the coach can see things from his perspective that the quarterback on the field can't see, right? Like the coach can see things and be like, hey, you missed that guy down the field. Like next time you need to, you know, watch out for the linebacker that's coming in on your blind side and you need to go in the, you know, he can tell them all of these things so then the quarterback can go on the field the next possession and he can execute the play. The same is true in our relationship with God. Like if we could see as God sees, we would do and be different. Our lives would look different. Our dating lives would look different. Our, our relationships would look different. Our goals in life would look different. Everything about ourselves would look a little bit different. We would respond differently if we could just see as God sees. I think since we can't always see as God sees, I think that's one of the reasons why it can be hard to repent. It's why it can be difficult to turn and go in a new direction. The second reason is this, pride and fear. I think for many of us, it's just, We've got a lot of pride, it's a big issue. And because of that, we just, we see our sin, we see the thing in our life that we need to repent from, but we just say, you know what, man, it's, it's not that big of a deal, like, come on, we justify it, we're like, it's, 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 we compare it to other people, we're like, I'm good, you know? Or there's fear involved, and it's like, man, but if I turn away from that, like, what's gonna happen? Like, what are other people gonna say about me? What are they gonna think? Are they gonna judge me? Like, I, I don't know, you know, there's, there's pride and then there's also, Fear. 
And then I think the third reason why we don't repent is repentance is just hard work. It's not easy. Uh, A lot of times for us, we just think, you know, like I probably should repent, but like I don't really really have to like do that right now. I don't wanna have to have those conversations. I don't wanna make those changes. It's just easier if I keep just living the way that I'm living. It's hard work, but can I tell you this? Listen, dealing with your sin now is so much better than dealing with the consequences later. Dealing with your sin right now, whatever it might be, however difficult it may seem, it's gonna be so much better for you in the long run than dealing with the consequences later because at some point, you are going to have to deal with the consequences of your sin later. Sin wants to kill every good thing in your life. So what's keeping you from repenting? What's keeping you from turning and going in a new direction? What action is it? What attitude is it? What relationship or habit is it or belief? What is it that you need to repent from tonight? Because with repentance comes a promise. I want you to know this tonight. With repentance comes a promise. And here's the promise. It's found in Acts chapter three. Uh, Peter was writing to these people who had just uh, basically sent Jesus to the cross. Like these were the people that were saying, kill Jesus, crucify him. And Jesus died on the cross. But what these people didn't know is that three days later, Jesus was gonna come back to life. He was gonna raise from the dead. And this is Peter talking to this group of people who said, who sent Jesus to the cross. And Peter says this to them in Acts chapter three, verse 19. He says, repent then and turn to God. Why? Well, one, so that your sins may be wiped out. He says, I want you to repent and turn to God. One, so that your sins can be forgiven. But then he goes on, he says, so also that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. See, repentance will lead you into relationship. When you repent from your sin, from your sins in life, it will lead you into a relationship with God. But not only that, repentance will lead you into refreshment. See, I I don't know, but my, my gut is telling me that for many of you, you've always thought that the reason God wants you to repent is because he wants to ridicule you for all the bad things you've done in your life. But man, that's not at all the case. God wants you to repent so that he can refresh your soul. He wants to refresh you. And so tonight as we begin to close, I just wanna say that for many of you, if you decide to repent, I hope you do, if you decide to turn and go in a new direction, to turn from whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever sin you have in your life, and to follow the path of Jesus or maybe turn to Jesus for the very first time, I think by default, a lot of you are gonna start to drift down the path of condemnation. Like you're gonna repent, you're gonna turn away from whatever it is that you need to turn away from, whatever you need to repent from, but then eventually over time, maybe quickly, maybe a little down the road, you're gonna eventually begin to fall back down the path of condemnation. But I don't want you to go down the path of condemnation. I want you to go down the path of conviction. And there's a big, big difference between the path of conviction and the path of condemnation. See, the path of condemnation says, I am bad. I am a bad person. Whereas the path of conviction will say, no, 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 I did bad. The path of condemnation tears you down. But the path of conviction builds you back up. 
The path of condemnation will lead you into so much shame and ultimately into isolation. But the path of conviction will bring to light what could grow in the dark, which we're gonna talk about a whole lot more. Samer's gonna talk about this a whole lot more next week in part three of Alcatraz. So I want you to follow the path of conviction, not the path of condemnation. To which maybe you're saying, okay, Matt, how do I do that? Like, I'm ready. I want to repent. I want to turn away from my sin and go in a new direction. I want to follow the path of conviction. I don't want to fall, you know, or start to drift towards the path of condemnation in my life. But how do I do that? Number one, you, you have to identify it. You have to really take the time to identify whatever it is that you need to repent from. And the second thing is, is after you've identified it, you have to you have to turn from it. You have to change your mind and you have to turn from whatever it is that you need to repent from and you have to go in a new direction. The third thing is this, I, you, you have to confess it. You have to confess this sin. You have to confess to someone else. Listen, everybody doesn't need to know everything in your life, but somebody does. You don't have to tell everyone every single thing that you're struggling with in your life, but someone in your life who you trust, someone who you can lean into, they need to know everything in your life. You need someone that you can confess things to no matter how bad it might seem. And the fourth thing is this, you need to focus on Jesus. You have to realize that Jesus isn't calling you to repent because he wants to shame you or he wants to ridicule you, again, no, 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 that's not it. Jesus is a loving father. He wants you to repent because he wants a relationship with you. He wants to refresh your soul. And when you focus on Jesus, you're gonna realize that repentance is not a rule of religion. It's a response to grace. It's a gift. God has given us this gift called repentance. And it is a gift where we can one time repent and change our minds and find life in Jesus. But then over the course of our life, we can repent time and time again. We can change our mind and go in a new direction and be better because of it. So you have to identify it, turn from it, confess it, and focus on Jesus. As I close, I wanna share this story with you. I was. Um, at Costco this past week. And I love Costco. I don't know how you feel about Costco, but like I'm a big fan of Costco. Uh, I've had a membership for a while. It's one of the best decisions I've made. Um, maybe not in my life, but like in the past few months of my life. And um, it's just a great place, you know? And I go there and I always get sucked in. Like there's the free samples, everyone's so nice. They have everything at Costco, you know? And uh, I'm walking through Costco with my family. So with my wife, Ann, and my daughter, Willow. Willow is about to turn two um, in just a couple of weeks, which is crazy. And we're walking through and, and Willow's definitely getting to that age now where like she sees things in the store, you know? And so Costco is a dangerous place to be. So we're walking through and we're about to go to the checkout line. And if you've ever been to Costco, it's like, you know, a crazy thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild, you know, it feels like you're like tailgating or something, like everyone's so excited, you know, it's just the place to be. And so we're like way back in the checkout line. And so 
I'm gonna guess this is a strategic play by Costco, but they put like the toy section, you know, right at the back of the checkout line. And so Willow starts seeing all these toys and um, I love Willow, I'm not gonna lie. Like she could ask me for anything and I'd probably say yes. And so Willow starts looking at things and I'm like, yo, yo, like turn away, you know, repent Willow, like turn your eyes, you know? And uh, she starts looking at this stuff and she's like, what, what, what? You know, that's kind of how she sounds. And uh, I love it though, she's so cute. And so she's like saying all this stuff though. And she's like pointing to these baby dolls and then, you know, pointing to this other stuff. She's like pointing to like flat screen TVs. I'm like, I want that too, but like, we can't get that. Mom, can we get that? No, we can't. Okay, cool. We sorry, Willow, we can't get that. But then she, she looks at this, this mini mouse bike. Check this thing out. Hey, you see this? I don't know if you could see this, but like this thing's, this thing's fresh. I don't know if you can hear the sound effects, the noises, but this thing's legit. And of course they have one out of the box and she's seeing it and she's like, I want that, dada. She's like, I want that. And she doesn't even know who Minnie Mouse is. Now she knows who Minnie Mouse is, but six days ago, she didn't know who Minnie Mouse is, but she's looking at this and I'm trying to be like, hey, how about we just go for the doll that's half that price? And she's like, no, I want the Minnie Mouse airplane bike. And so I'm like, all right, we put it in and go up and Ann's like, gosh, you're a sucker. And I'm like, listen, I just love my daughter, you know? But, but here's the thing, we go home and all week long, she's just been riding this thing around, you know? And I shouldn't have put that down on the ground because you couldn't see that, but she's riding this thing around. And here's the thing, this thing has a steering wheel, but it, it doesn't steer. I'm gonna stop making noises with it right now. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Stop talking, Minnie, please. Um, but like, she's riding this thing around and then she'd run into this wall and then I'd have to come and literally pick her up and put her down this direction. She'd ride down the hall this way. She'd bump into that wall. Then she'd bump into the couch and she'd bump into this. And I would constantly just be picking her up and turning her in a new direction. And it hit me just last night, no joke, last night at like 10 p.m. It hit me, that's it. That's what I'm gonna close this message with because that's exactly what these people need to hear is that I love Willow so much as her dad. I want what's best for her. And I realize I don't just have to redirect her and turn her around in a new direction with this Minnie Mouse bike. No, I do that all the time in her life. Like I'll be like, Willow, no, no, no. I can see where you're going. That's not gonna lead you into a good spot. Go in a new direction. Hey, no, Willow, Willow. And I'm gonna be doing that for the rest of her life because I wanna control her? No, because I want what's best for my daughter. I want her to experience the best, the most full, the most fulfilling life possible. And come on, the same is true for you. If I love my daughter that much and I am an imperfect dad, I am a sinful person, but if I can love my daughter in that type of way, imagine how much more your heavenly father loves you, your perfect heavenly father. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but there's someone tuning in right now and you don't believe the words I'm saying. You don't think it's possible for God to love you because you know what you've done in your life. You know the things you've said. You know the thoughts that have come into your mind and you somehow think that you've disqualified yourself from the love of God. But can I just tell you, you are so wrong. God loves you so much. He looks at you and he says, you are my son, you are my daughter. And yes, he wants you to turn, he wants you to repent and he wants to lead you in a new direction, but it's because he wants you to experience life and life to the full. 
So tonight, there is someone who's tuning in right now and you know that for the very first time in your life, you need to turn from your sins. You need to turn from trying to go your own way and trying to figure everything out on your own. You just need to turn away from that and you need to turn towards Jesus because you've tried turning towards everything else in life and, so you, and you've realized it hasn't filled you. And tonight you need to turn towards Jesus. And this is the way you turn. Palms up, saying, Heavenly Father, I surrender. I surrender. I believe you are who you say you are. You're my savior. You're the one who can set me free from whatever Alcatraz I might find myself in. You're the one who can give me life to the full. And so if that's you tonight, for the very first time you wanna repent, of your sins and you wanna turn towards your heavenly Father, God. I wanna give you an opportunity and invite you right now to do that and I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner in desperate need of a savior. Say, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and tonight, I'm choosing to place my faith and trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. And I wanna follow Jesus from this day forward the best way that I know how. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If, if you just, just prayed that prayer, I, I, I wanna I want celebrate with you. In fact, our, our entire family tuning in right now wants to celebrate with you because that's the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. There is no better decision. If you just turn from your sins and turn toward Jesus for the very first time in your life, if you just came to life in Jesus and found freedom in Jesus, then we wanna celebrate with you. And right now, I wanna invite you to just put alive in the chat. If you can and you just made that decision, would you just right now comment alive in the chat? Just put the word alive so that we can celebrate with you, that we can celebrate the decision that you just made. We also would love for you to text the word ALIVE to 89800, ALIVE to 89800, so that our team can celebrate with you, so that we can help you along this journey and help you identify your next step. I'd love to, to pray for us as we close tonight. The band's gonna lead us in a, in a closing song here in just a second, and I think it's a song that that brings so much refreshment. It's a song that reminds us of exactly who God is, of exactly how his heart is for us. So Heavenly Father, tonight I, I come to you and we just say thank you. And God, I'm believing that there are people right now on the other side of this screen that are, that have, are finding life, they're finding freedom in you, Jesus. And Lord, we praise you. We thank you that you're a God that doesn't want us to turn to you so that you can ridicule us. No, you're a God who wants us to turn to you because you love us and you want a relationship with us and you wanna refresh our souls. And so God, in the final few minutes that we have tonight, would you use this song and these lyrics and these truths, these words to refresh our souls, to speak life, to speak hope, to speak whatever it is that we need, God, because your heart for us is good, it's good. In Jesus' mighty matchless name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you wanna stay connected, follow us on Instagram at the Living Room ATL. 
Remember, TLR fam, we love you, we're for you, and we'll see you next time.